Hello and welcome to The Dive. Today we're presented by Mark's stream, my new stream, which I'm going to start streaming next week again. <laughs> Let's stream this. Twitch.tv slash Kobe and Twitch.tv slash Mark, uh, whatever. The, the Mark Z with the TV. The Mark Z. And Azale has one. He just has He's got to start streaming time. because he's a rank one WoW player. player. He'll start streaming some WoW for you. I haven't streamed in so many years. Also, <laughs> episode three. We forgot that part. <laughs> no, because you have to present it by first and then we say the number. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. But you what? also, season six, episode three. That's true. I or, thought you said season six, so I got to episode three. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe maybe I stopped uh, halfway through. Regardless, lock-in tournament has been um, basically it's been evil, going. evil geniuses' uh, <laughs> been playground is, is what it has been so far, it looks like to me. I mean, EG is looking like the best so far, but there are other things going on. 100 Thieves got upset. They were the favorites the entire time. I mean, they, they lost that one game to FlyQuest, but people were like, ah, that was just a fluke. They're still great. We all, everyone predicted so, them. Let's go in over the, the reasons why they were favorites because it is very fun, and people like Freak want to go retcon and look back and say, everyone else is an idiot for predicting this team. However, at the time, trolling, though. I don't at the time of prediction, that. that's why I'm saying he yeah. likes to do it. <laughs> uh, at the time of prediction, 100 Thieves defending LCS champions. Won the previous split. Okay. Checks out. Should be pretty good. Didn't change any players, much like every other team pl changed players on their roster. So should theoretically keep a lot of the skill level and synergy on the team. And we're boot camping, scrimming in Korea as a whole team versus SKT and practicing with the defending champion mm -hmm. lineup. You know, so... Again, to clearly iterate how people are trolling, you know, like Freak, who's flaming everyone for protecting 100 Thieves, I still think it was legitimate hey man, to have a... The broken clock is right twice a day. This is one of them. Let the clock pop off. The broken <laughs> clock's going to be wrong 11 other times. He also predicted 100 Thieves to be in the finals, by the way. Yeah, yeah he I, was on I that know. graphic. Well, we, he, <laughs> he just didn't predict them to win. He also does the, you know, when like Worlds comes around, predicts every, every single, single team, team yeah. in the yeah. tournament to yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> He's a troll for sure. All right, well, we got a little bit of feedback that the the camera, the wide shot, was a little bit too far. People were feeling like they weren't in the discussion, so we pulled it in a little bit. Yeah. Here. I, I can also it, scooch well, closer. This is how it used to be. Am I legally I think, allowed to scooch closer to Kobe? Yeah, we should just continuously scooch closer and just constantly make them readjust. I'm sure they would love well, that. We can start every episode with a <laughs> hug. Now we can start and end every episode with a hug. <laughs> Those are some good, are some good chair hopping mechanics. I, I had to get over my, like all the crap I have down here. On the yeah, side. no, that was nice. I'm impressed. <laughs> all right, we got some social news. Chem Tank Rift being disabled. I have never seen a more positive response to a game Dyn change. Uh, oh, yeah, game change. Dynamic Q is going to be the one I was going to say when they killed that and brought back. That Reagan. counts. That but, counts oh, as a that game count? change. Yeah. Those two are up there, though. That Chem, Chemtech Dragon and, and Dynamic Q. But I hate this thing, and I'm so happy it's gone. Everyone hates this thing. The only person I have actually talked to that was like, "Oh, no, my I homies like it, hate Chemtech." Is Drake. Freak? Freak also. He's just such a contrarian. He, yeah. he just he's like, everyone hates this. I love this. So I think he's just. I think he secretly he secretly now. hates it, but he's not willing to admit it. He's not willing to come to terms with the fact that. Uh, Chem Tank Rift was was not it. Was a disaster. Yeah. Everyone hates the zombies. Everyone hates the Rift. They're they've disabled it. I, I give a lot of respect to the design team who, you know, despite people not liking it, obviously put a ton of time into this to be able to actually take it out of the game, I think is, mm -hmm. is pretty cool. And hopefully they'll be able to, you know, come up with a, a better version of it. I'm sure they're gonna work on that and 
yeah. to come up with something that people will actually enjoy. I think the, the big thing is the enjoyment factor because normally on posts like this, I feel like they will put in some sort of data about like, oh, well, it was actually balanced, but blah, blah, like they try and defend it a little bit more. But yep. the fact that the response to Chemtech Dragon was so universally negative, it was like they didn't even bother trying to put in that other reasoning that I feel like a lot of Riot posts tend to have. Like this was short. It was like two and a half paragraphs. And I think that speaks to just how kind of the community felt about it that they didn't even try and defend it. They're like, listen, we get you. It's dead. It's going to get, it's going to come back at some point, but until now it's out. Yep. Speaking and of the design changes that they go back and forth on, you know, have, have listened to the community or uh, mm -hmm. uh -oh, pulled, pulled back on. Um, I just thought it was funny because King, uh, Cloud9 uh, King highlighted the fact that the history of Senna's passive oh, yeah. of yeah. soul generation 200 years of... has gone has gone back and forth like seven, eight times. They just don't know what they're doing. Increasing it's the, same the soul yeah. generation off things that she kills, decreasing it, minions, monsters, up, yeah. down, up, down. Uh, and it does it does kind of remind you of changes like the Morgana jungle damage. Talon jungle damage things where um, there does seem to be a lot of this sort of back I think and forth. The, the one thing I'd say to bounce back to Chemtech Dragon that I am happy that it's gone beyond like how it feels for people, which is a huge part of it. But I also think, and not to throw too many shots, but like design wise, I it didn't seem to fulfill an identity to me that was very cohesive. Like you have cut down kind of on some stuff. You have two different cut down mechanics that scale differently. You have a camouflage mechanic and a reviving zombie mechanic. Whereas like Infernal is just damage. You know, like it's a very yeah. clear identity. The rifts are all a little weird, but at least like the souls and the dragons all make sense. Mm -hmm. Even the hex tech, which is a little weird, is all about like going faster in some sense. So like you attack faster, your abilities come up faster, you get around the map faster with the rifts. The, and then the, if you the get souls, the soul, you, you slow them. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that is pretty co cohesive. But uh, if I'm like, what does Chemtech Dragon do? You have to like give me a dissertation. On like yeah. all the different mechanics that come with it. I think it's it. supposed to be like kind of, hey, it's Zon and there's chemicals and they affect you. Right, but like, what does that mean if you if you don't, don't know, know what Zon is? Yeah, you no, know? I feel you. Yeah, it, it is it is weird. And to, to defend them a little bit, you know, because uh, from being on playtest and doing that stuff in the past and working with uh, a little bit with live gameplay, sometimes there's there's changes that are clearly just it, they know that it's already decent, but no one is trying something like Morgana Jungle, right? You know, for example, like it already had an okay clear and then they, they buff it and then they actually revert it to pre-live pre and some people were still playing it, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes things just need a, need a nudge in the direction to get people to actually try it and realize that it's good, things like that. Um, the the Senna one is, is definitely funny. I will say that itemization and other things have changed around it, which mm -hmm. can can affect yeah. too, right? That can make something stronger or weaker. And then oftentimes, if something got nerfed, they'll just undo a nerf from previous if itemization is bad for a champion. Like Yone and Yasuo, right? Yeah. Shield Bow got nerfed, so guess what? They're probably, they gave them some buffs, right? So it can look funnier than the, it actually it, is, the, but it is still funny. It's, it's yeah. still it's funny very, for sure. It's very, very comical to look back. It is very funny. The I'm funniest not, one that they ever did. But which, there is but, some reasoning. But they were right about it. The funniest yeah. one was Aatrox on release. Everyone's like, this champ sucks. Just walk out of his Q range. And they're like, he's balanced. And everyone's like, no, you're wrong. He sucks. They threw some balance, they threw some buffs <laughs> on him. And then he was giga broken. And then they took all the buffs away and put him back at like release state. And everyone's like, he's still broken. Yeah. And it's like, this is what was released. And you told us was bad. Yeah. Uh, so there are some times where they're definitely right about it. The yeah. Senna is actually just straight up so overpowered right now, though. Yeah. And I, I was already playing a lot of Senna before the buffs. And then when I saw that the buffs were coming through, the slow on Q, I was just like, 
excuse me? The <laughs> range with the slow? It's so easy to proc your soul now. Like you, yeah. you always get the second hit. And a lot of people are playing, um, you know, uh, God, I always forget the name of it. First Strike, um, you know, that's really, really strong because you have incredibly long range. But you can also play Fleet. And I've seen a lot of people just using the Q, slows them, yeah. you get the Fleet proc, and then you guaranteed yeah. always get your second auto on it for the Soul proc, which is just like a lot of damage yeah. immediately. Um, and it can it can for sure get out of control. I mean, you get a lot less Souls than you did last patch, especially because most people are playing Farming Senna. Uh, but it's it's really strong. Like it's 55% win rate as an AD in, in solo queue right now. And it's like 53 or 54 as a support. It's just obviously way too good right now. Yeah, definitely super strong right now. It's And it is interesting, too, with, with some of the changes that going through these experiences in the game, as much as it is comical to look back and I'm like highlighting, oh, look, they made this big adjustment and pulled back to basically where they started. Yeah, uh, it is it is it is fun to experience have experienced you know these changes in the game and, and go through that journey with everyone <laughs> sometimes uh, and then you have the little the little reminder to look back on and everyone can you, you know one, one change i'm not really enjoying is the is the jenna smite top stuff that, that's that stuff and I, I don't know if you want to kind of get into that kind of can of worms but to me it's it's so weird and it really is walking the line between actually unironically intentionally feeding the in games and trying a new strategy, right? And that's one of my biggest frustrations with it is I get that some people are legitimately trying to just win with this strategy. And it does actually have a pretty decent win rate. I know Freak was looking it up and he was looking at like gold plus ELO. So just to get a huge sample size. And it was something like 8,000 games of Janus Smite Top had a 55% win rate. So it's actually winning a, a fair amount of games, but it's really weird in this way. And it feels kind of similar to Funnel where you are just being opted into the strategy. No one agreed to this. Like no one said they wanted to play this. Mm -hmm. and, and I've had games where people are doing this with champions that makes no sense with. With Janna, it actually kind of works as you don't need gold. And if you guys haven't seen the strategy, Janna basically takes Smite top. Uh, sometimes they'll try to invade and steal a buff, but largely they may be lane till level three, just getting experience. They go Spell Thieves, and then they're never laning again for the rest of the game. They're just going to go between you bot know river mid and, yeah. and bot and run in with the enemy jungler over and over and over for the entire rest of the game and just play as a support. So no one's even laning top. So the Trindamir, whoever, is going to get all the towers, going to have perfect CS, etc. And you're going to have to deal with that later. Um, plus, a lot of times that I've played with this recently, it's like someone just runs into my lane, leeches my XP, and then just insta them because they're level one and the other person's level five. And it's it's just like ruins the game, right? And you have no say in if they're doing that or not. So the fact that it's winning almost concerns me more because I don't want it to be more popular. Like Lorlo's streaming it a lot. Why, why are you talking about that? Well with it. It's, Keep the it's, lid on it. Because it's a topic and I think it's no, interesting. It's already out. You can't yeah, get and, and I just think that if, if that's the right way to actually play the game, then there's huge problems with top lane and you need big changes. This, this, these types of things are some of the most difficult problems that the balance team encounters because yeah. these are types of things where, and I personally have always enjoyed trying to be the most avant-garde and push meta and try different things that people are not you know coming up with or, laughing or, I mean, over I, here it's funny to imagine you as some like art connoisseur like uh here's my funnel painting with Tarek <laughs> Yi as you see I was quite early in on that one I was an early adopter innovation and novelty is so rewarding for the player who who comes up with it understands yeah. it and implements it but then the balance team has to deal with this is a 10 player game 
and your, You're your enjoyment and you know the fulfillment of a single person in some cases. Sometimes it's more than one person that are in on it or whatever. Sometimes it you know affects multiple. Is then balanced against, like you're saying, the rest of the team not opting in yeah, or I didn't, not, I didn't not buying this. into it and wanting to play the League of Legends that they know, you know, old League of Legends. And then you get down to a, a philosophical debate of how flexible do you need to be when you're playing this game? Yeah, Grandpa, get off my wrist. We're <laughs> off. There's no top laners in 2022. <laughs> top lane is dead. You need to have, you know, this expanded brain to be able to understand all these different, you know, minutia yeah. of of the game and why some things are good. Um, but when it is completely game warping like this, or or we have th had things in the past where I really was on the balance team side of putting a stop to the lane swap meta, you know, for just pushing side lanes for 15 minutes in, yep. in pro play and and it being, you know, this just follow the steps basically type of thing. Um, and though, think, these are the scenarios that really take a lot of work. I feel like a lot of it stems from just general frustration around top lane. Like I know uh, mm -hmm. I, I was watching Lolo and, you know, he, he basically had a number of games in a row where he just super pounded the, the enemy top laner, but the game was essentially over before like teleport was unleashed, right? Like, you know, it's like enemies 010, I'm slamming, I lose every game, who cares? Let's just roam. And then he started playing this thing, right? And, I, and I've talked to a few top laners about it and some people I've seen playing it. And their, their take on it for people who are actually trying to climb with this sort of thing is basically, yeah, top lane is, is irrelevant, which is hyperbolic, but, you know, the idea that the only way you could affect the map previously was unleash teleport, so if you just do this roaming style, you actually get to play the game and you have to ha like have an input on the game before that happens. And the enemy top leader can't actually answer. Like he can't actually answer your plays by TPing unless he wants to roam. And they didn't necessarily choose a champion that can play with no gold. The other thing that I think is really weird about this, I haven't seen, maybe there is discussion, I just haven't seen it. But to me, one of the things that's really abusive about it is it super abuses um, the objective bounty mechanics. Because, because I'm picking Janna, a champion that inherently doesn't need gold to actually function, I can be 5,000 gold down on this Renekton, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, my Jinx, who I've just been in his lane the whole game, has seven kills. My Akali mid lane has 10 kills. Yes, their Renekton is 5,000 gold ahead of, of us, but we still have objective bounties. And your super, super fed scale and carry now gets even more gold injected into them because they're able to get objective bounties from a position in the game where they're actually like up on gold. It's just, I have no gold and your other support has no gold. So you're behind on gold overall. So it's it's really, really weird. And it kind of abuses that mechanic, I think super hard. And my feeling is that people are going to look for other things too. You know, I've seen uh, the ghost roaming Gragas now. Some people do it with Rakan. There's like a few, a few versions of this and it's just like, Clearly, there's a lot of problems with top lane. Yeah, so this comes from, by the way, there's a rank 10, or at least used to be Agreed. rank 10 on Europe West oh, player oh, yeah. who has uh, sixty around a 60% win rate of Janna top smite. And Janna started getting banned in you know his games and in Lorlo's games. And he started playing Lulu top, Karma top. Karma's, Karma as a support is probably the most normal top that has been top lane you know, yeah, previously. Recently, yeah. But um, yeah, I think Jenna's probably the best example because she's in such a good spot after these recent buffs. Yeah. But and it's so much it's, just it's expanded to, w, yeah, all, all supports. And this kind of right now, I feel like, uh, you know, this, you know, where it's coming from, it kind of sounds like a top laner tantrum, basically. It is. People uh, are frustrated. Up well, there right now with, with the, uh, you know, affecting the map thing. But that is not a new thing. 
if people remember back to you know season one, two, three, there's an extremely famous player, Blem, in North America, who played Lee Sin Top, and everyone would flame him. You know, he'd get like killed twice in top lane, and boom, he would just be roaming, and he would not go back as Lee Sin, and he would win all these games, and he would get challenger all the time, consistently, and so it's it's not something that's you know a super novel thing it has happened before but people get really pissed and i just last night saw lorlo had a whole team that they were in back-to-back games with him on picking these support top with smite and in the second game because they lost the first one everyone else picked a support and they had yumi uh, they had no. They've lost terribly because everyone <laughs> oh, was really? rolling. I saw that too, where it, all five of the teammates it, took they, a quick smite one game, and yeah, like had they like all a had. It was also. Yumi and like Lulu, and he, he was and Jana, and it was only supports and like a Nunu, and they had zero damage, and everyone was just like, "We hate this. Like, don't pick this on our game." And he was arguing. It's really good. Look at all these statistics. You know the top. But Europe people don't want to play with stuff it. like that. And well, people are like, "I don't care. I don't like it." So. It's and then difficult. it's weird. Well, right? who do you, who do you blame at that point? Because it's they're they're opting you into this gameplay. And even if Lolo is going to try, if all his teammates hate it, it's it's ends up just being bad design, right? It's one of those things where it's like when Tom Kench. There was a point on Tom uh, Tom Kench years ago where he was the lowest win rate in literally every single role in League of Legends, and he had a fifty five percent ban rate. And it's like you're ac- you're actually hurting your chances to win the game by banning the champion. But people find him so frustrating. That they just don't want them in the game. And it feels like the same with this. I actually just ban Jana every game now because I just don't want to risk playing against this or with this. It's not fun on either team. I'll, I'll defend the people who play just because you can take that extension as far back as you want to go then. Like, I'm okay. not blaming the people that are. I know, that are I know you're not, but I'm saying for the I'm people that do. For the, pe- the, for the people game. that do, the point is okay, what, you're going to rage when people don't pick the meta thing like people play off meta stuff all the time just specifically champions that people don't think are good or it's like a weird counter pick here i'm a one trick whatever it is this is a different play style like you said it does affect the rest of the team more a more larger impact i guess you could say but like that happens anytime you pick something that's off meta so if you're gonna say like just way more extreme it's more extreme but like where's the line exactly between like you picked ramus top versus you pick Jana roaming top and like these kinds of things. The other thing I'll say is that on the point about design, if it's actually winning and it's actually good, then you have a problem with the game that's deeper rooted than Jana and just nerfing Jana. That, that's what I feel. And that's how I feel too, because yeah. a lot of the times it requires system changes. Lane swapping was the best thing to do in the game. They had to change the entire game to fix lane swapping. Funnel was legitimately a good strategy, not like the, the only way to play the game, but it was legitimately good. And they had to change the entire system of how jungle itemization worked and taking experience from laners, and they added a bunch of mechanics to kill it. This feels, if it continues like this, a similar thing, where you're going to have to change systems, not champions. Well, you you have to have a paradigm shift in how everyone views League of Legends. And that's why I'm saying this is a bigger debate, because the, the problem comes from one person understanding how successful it can be, and everyone else thinking it's troll and and well, and and flaming and not accepting well, and not having fun. People that, don't want that. that style. It, like the, the meta most efficient tactic available might be very frustrating and no one wants it. Uh-huh. And so league has to kill that so that people keep enjoying their game. The yep. right has to kill but it. But part of the frustration, especially in in the the newer times when people are doing and like you're saying there are lots of different types of, you know, off meta stuff that is not not accepted initially. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of 
of rub and frustration and resistance in those early moments because League of Legends comes down to so much to people's view of the game. And that's where so many arguments come from in solo queue. It's like, yeah. I think you did this wrong. And the other person clearly believes 100% they did this right and you are wrong. You should have gone it's, to Baron there. And like yeah. that, that is a fundamental issue with yeah. team play games of yeah. super complicated games where multiple people can believe that they 100% have the clear viewpoint of this is correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is a very deep issue, you know, that has roots that go super far. It's it's definitely crazy. I mean, we got way off topic though. But it, but it, it's it's, it's <laughs> I think fun to talk yeah. about. I think it is on topic. It's it's League of Legends and it's kind of the solo And it's coming right? to walk-in tournament this week. I, th at a I think I think it won't come into pro play. I will actually say that because I don't actually believe it's the best way to play the game. I think there's really easy ways to answer this but it's it's so unfun like if you are if you are on the team playing against it the best thing that i've seen to actually do against it is if i'm playing against this as a top laner i will just pick kale or whatever and you get perfect cs the whole game all the tower gold and you're insanely fed and you can win the game through scaling but the super unfun part is it's like a way more hardcore version of like when you're playing with a, a trindamere the other four players on your team have to accept they're never going to have any fun and play super safe the whole game and never try to die. And it means you're going to go down way in farm and levels and everything, but like you're, the objective power of your team is still higher because your Kale is like seven levels ahead of this useless Janna. But it, it's it's so unfun to play against. It You can easily beat it that way, though. I actually really want to see it in pro play. I think there's no for, way. for multiple yeah. reasons. One, because you can have whatever, you know, 10th place team, they've got nothing to lose. Try it. That game is all of a sudden way more exciting yeah. because it is our little Petri dish that the entire community gets to look at. And you have full buy-in from all players, guaranteed, yeah. since it's a pro game. And they theoretically should, at least be, able, from the coach. should be able to push <laughs> it to the limits and, and really do a test. You know, at the very base of it, I, you know, I'm, I'm still a scientist and I love, you know, performing experiments and, and collecting Got data. Control Professor groups. Kobe. And, and I will yeah. also love and enjoy the discussion that then comes out of it when it's on the pro stage and it is you know televised basically for everybody to to get in on and well what's what's so fun with all these like really weird things is that like where it's most effective changes over time like yeah you you talked about how it's 8000 but it's gold plus games you know that you're talking about 8000 games gold yeah. plus 55% win rate as you go higher what's happening to the winner is it going up or down is it that at lower win rates, sample size. yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly. But like, is it when people are less coordinated in lower elo and get more easily tilted, it's more effective because you get to just run around and merc people who aren't respecting and don't look at their mini maps. Versus in, in pro play, maybe it's maybe it's better in pro play where people are more coordinated with communicating with their Janna and suddenly the Janna is being more effective. Because lane swap sucked, <laughs> you just couldn't do it in in solo queue, but it was broken in pro play because there were so many steps you had to hit to make it work. Funneling was kind of a mix of both. And I'm curious where, where Roaming Janna slots in. Yeah. To bring it full circle all the way back to our. So, <laughs> Diamond 2 Plus, 56.5% win rate of Janna Top Smite, but not a lot of games. It's it's 1,500 games recorded on this patch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the main data I need is the you can do it at literally rank 10 EU West Challenger yep. and have, you know, 60 plus win rate. And you if you look at his other champions, nothing nothing's nearly as good so there's a there's a guy in korean challenger that does a similar thing as well he lanes till six but actually plays the lane mm -hmm. and then never lanes again for the game and he yeah. plays ghost gragas top uh rakan and now apparently jana too Dude, and i 
I really feel like it, the ghost of Blem is living on. It it was it, this has this has been so successful throughout the history of League of Legends. Yeah. H- highly effective roaming styles. It has also always been inflammatory. You know, we they've delicious had, milk GG. What was not his name? The, the Alistar. I don't know. There was also a Timo dude that everybody. Oh hated. yeah, there's been a couple. You're talking helicopter? Oh, guy maybe helicopter. Yeah. Delicious milk GG. Isn't that guy a TFT player? Or a, I don't remember, dude. Yeah, because helicopter. But I think he, I mean he's definitely known for his roaming. Yeah, <laughs> he's known for something. <laughs> known for his roaming for sure. <laughs> to bring all back the to the devs though, I really do commend them you know yeah and i know we we make fun of changes and you know flame stuff and look back at all the you know flip-flopping all that type of stuff really do commend them for making changes you know and recognizing situations like this because it is actually very rare for you know a huge game um you know and developers to quickly and actually remove something that put a they put a ton of work yeah. <laughs> into creating this whole rift changing dragon and all that and everyone's flaming it and they actually pull it uh you know and they actually you know take talons you know jungle damage back down and you know they're willing to admit okay yeah you know that was a wrong direction it was kind of a fun ride at the beginning you know when changes like that happen and i always love jumping on stuff that i think oh they messed up this yep. is going to be op let me get in there you know it's fun for a little bit as long as it you know, they recognize I, and I agree. tone stuff back. I in. mean, I think they get memed on a lot, but I do think the balance team actually does a really, really good job and uh, overall. And I think that it's it's awesome how frequently the game has changed. And here's your point, that they're willing to do these big changes. It's like, I played so much WoW, obviously, and there'll be some horrible mechanic that comes in a new expansion. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. better luck next expansion. <laughs> yeah, that, That's not getting changed. There's no Yo, way. Wait two years, yeah, buddy. Go back in two years, see if you like your class better. Bye, Shadowlands. Speaking of, of design stuff, Zeri, how are you feeling about the new champ there, bud? <laughs> this is actually really so good. So things that are going to stay in the game for a while. <laughs> this is actually really good because we're coming off of, oh, yes, all this praise. Well done, well done. I absolutely hate this little rat, Zeri. Are you kidding me? With how much mobility and range they just squished into this little champion, it pisses me off to no end. She's just zooming around with her little pea shooter, jumping over the walls to the highest magnitude. You thought, oh, this jungle talent is really annoying. Hopping over the walls would kill me. Guess what? If the jump goes all the way through, 30 yards down the next line and it's ranged and she has the Q. Uh, August actually pointed out, I thought it was really cool on Twitter, uh, because it is a spell, uh, the, what is it, 825 range that is listed is actually different from, you can't just one-to-one it with auto attacks because auto attacks uh, are edge to edge and spells are center to center. Okay. Or maybe I had that flipped. <laughs> the okay. auto attacks of uh, like it's more equivalent to like an auto attack of seven twenty five range. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because oh, be, it would be the it would be the edge to edge then because it would be the longer range for uh, for the spell. So the eight twenty five. It's not like it's an auto attack range of of eight twenty five. Yeah. It's more equivalent to like if it was seven twenty five because they're measuring it from center to center. Yeah. Um. So I was I was shocked at the range though. The first time I remember playing against it, and I, I had played it a couple games. By the way, that thing it's, just which gives is me, still huge. A seven twenty five is still bigger than Caitlyn. Yeah. So that's so, that, what I did. I, I played a few games. And I was like, ah, oh, you could just like probably outrange this guy. I felt like I have no fun playing as Caitlyn, and then I'm getting hit by Q and I can't mm-hmm. auto attack. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. 
I just think that I don't necessarily know that it's overpowered. I think that it will be at really high levels because, but I will say that it's it's so unfun to play against. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's like it feels like all the agency is in Zeri's hands. So the better the players get, the less fun you have because you basically are relying on Zeri making a mistake to die, right? Or I know people talk about, well, what if you have Vi? She can't do anything. Yes, you can do point and click CC. But I've also <laughs> literally seen Vi get picked against it where she was against the wall and Vi ulted and she just E'd 3,000 miles back over the wall. <laughs> what, what's so funny to me is whenever situations like this pop up, when something is turbo OP, you know it's turbo OP when people's main argument against it is, yeah, well, what if you just CC her from 100% to zero and kill her? Like what? Of course, that strategy will work against anything. Yeah. Just stun lock it from 100% to zero and it's balanced. Uh, sounds good. No, the it, honestly, the clips of Zeri look like I was gonna they say are, the... like they are ch those Chinese TikToks of her zooming around at 10,000 million miles an hour. It's home guard Ramus, but you're, that's your passive move speed when you're. It's insane. <laughs> it, it looks like it's a comical video that was made for fun, you know, and in some normal game. Like the on. The on I was gonna, I was gonna say if you haven't seen it, everyone listening to this needs to go on Twitter. Go to Yon's Twitter, Y E O N. I forget what this it's is. Like Yon or something. If you, just, if you Google, Google Yon, yeah. yeah, you'll see this clip. It's a two and a half minute clip. He presses alt at the beginning and he keeps it up for the entire two and a half minutes, just stacking and stacking and stacking until he ends up move speed. until he ends at fifteen hundred move speed. And like it's a legitimately a two two and a half minute fight in mid lane. Yeah. It doesn't end. It's, it's the most insane thing I've seen. It's really funny. The one thing I will say about that clip is it makes it look like Zeri does no damage, but Zeri actually does a lot of damage because I think he's like three and eight in the yeah. clip or something. I was gonna say, or just play the game because yeah. Zeri's in it and is played a lot. And and I think at regular Elos, like in, in at high skill, like at Challenger, and I think at pro level, this champion is, is omega overtuned and is going to be super broken. I think for average player skill, no people aren't good enough to actually use the champion properly that it's overpowered. Like I think at you know at the plat level, it's below fifty percent win rate. It's it's a mechanically different difficult champion, you know. So I can I can see that, but it's it's definitely super frustrating because it really does feel more like single player design than five v five design. It feels like one of those things where it's. Zeri is the main character, right? And you're all these little mm -hmm. kung fu people in the movie. You're walking up and trying to fight Zeri one at a time and hoping that Zeri messes We're up. We're actually stormtroopers because you can't hit her with any. any <laughs> no, your shots are going all like, over the place. Boo, boo. And Zeri's like, ha ha ha. She's got a lightsaber. You're just hoping that she misses one of those bolts and takes it to the face. And I've definitely beaten Zeri lots when I played against it, but it's it's so frustrating, especially if you play any kind of just like generic like walk at you style champ. You must ban this champion. You will never catch her in a million years if you're trying to play some Volibear or whatever, something like that. Um, you know, some of the longer range marksmen definitely have had better experiences. When I've, I've been playing for a bit of Tristan a mid, and often mm -hmm. when Zeri's in the games, I can kind of just jump on her head and kill her. But it's it's really really crazy the amount of resets, the amount of mobility. It's just all the agency is in her hands. It's up to her to win or lose the game, and you're just along for the ride. Yeah, that's that's why it scales so well with player skill because yep. so much power is in your key presses and your decision making. Yep. And so you know, yeah, the very best players are going to be untouchable on this champion. This brings up a, a wider topic that has surfaced several times over the last few years of mobility creep with new champions, and. I just feel like this is the poster child 
for that argument mm-hmm. in in all of these clips of the move speed and dashing all the way through all these walls and being able to extend a team fight by yourself in so many 1v5 scenarios. The Jan clip is not unique, you know. I've seen yeah, it, s- many of them and I've experienced a couple myself too. To to Azale's point, most people would kill themselves in the Yawn clip before getting to that way move earlier. Speed. He yeah. actually plays yeah. it. He plays well, it really well. But so. like that doesn't mean that the champ can't. Other people can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the champ just got released. Yeah, I mean, people people at pro level are going to be insane. I mean, there's it's it's always win rates at Challenger are really weird, but it's like fifty six, fifty seven or something in, in Challenger when I looked. Um, but it's just such a low sample size; it's hard to really yeah. take too much from it. But just you look at you look at a lot of the most recent champions. It's like okay, Zeri has this has this E that you can reset and dash through walls plus incredible move speed. Vex has a, a resetting dash on the ultimate. Akshan reset on the hook shot to have more mobility. Did you guys see the clips of him in the jungle recently, where you can like? Hit into walls, yeah. yeah. You can kind of bounce again. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. People who are really good with that hook shot it is they get so much distance. It's really hard to gank them, and it's really hard to to chase them down or ever escape. Um, Gwen, obviously the the E dash on level one that can be reduced on cooldown. Viego dash plus resetting ultimate that can you know it's like all the all the most recent champions have have a tremendous amount of mobility and and it does feel like there's this kind of desire to like one up what has been done before. And I think that is really, really hard uh, when there's 150 plus champions or whatever. Maybe we're at 160 now, but there's mm-hmm. lots. And um, you know that, that's obviously a challenge for the design team to keep making unique stuff without going too far into the realm of like, of fun for player, but not fun to play against. And that's kind of where I worry like Zeri has landed in like, Zeri would be really cool if you're playing, you know, against a bunch of bots or whatever. It's super fun. Like, you know, you have so much power, but the the enemy players have to enjoy the game too, right? And and I just do not enjoy playing against this champion at all. So you might have been wondering what I was doing on the laptop this whole time. I was doing word counter on Zeri's kit. Uh, it's at eight hundred and twelve words. That's such a bad med. I know, but it's it's, it's, it's so a bad faith when you, argument. When you, but it's so I funny. know, but when you talk about like creep of complexity, mobility, yeah. these kinds of things. It is a decent, like, it correlates a little bit. Vi, where you're like, just pick Vi and lock her down. Vi, 400 words. Yeah. Zeri, 800 words. Everyone always makes fun of Wukong, because Wukong is like, gets armor and MR when yeah. you're enemies. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with power. It's just, yeah. like, complexity of, like, when you talk about designers feeling like they're pushed further and further, come up with something cool, it's like... Because otherwise, you just end up in the, in something that overlaps with what's already there, right? So it, you do, it does require a massive amount of cre- creativity. Mm-hmm. And I will say, people that like Zeri really like Zeri. A lot of my friends who play Zeri really love Zeri. They think it's an awesome champion. I think it's super yeah, it's cool to play. Yeah, it's fun to make everyone else look like idiots yeah. zooming around them. Just I not agree. fun to play against. <laughs> and and that's and that's where you have to kind of like find the line, right? Yeah. It's almost like I, I feel like League of Legends um, is more on the side of like they're trying to make it like fun to play as and against. Whereas Dota two, I always played a lot of Dota two, and it always felt like it was more Dota two is just like everything's overpowered. And everything can one shot. You know, it can get to this point where you're literally so fed that your one auto attack would just kill kill someone from full health. Yeah, and everyone's just a little you know rat that you're just stomping on. And League of Legends definitely isn't that way. Um, but it does feel like with some of the champions, it can feel like oh okay, like I'm I'm just hoping this person messes up, and that's never a good feeling. Yeah, uh, it's a counterpoint though. Like Vex, for example, is a champion that came out and is not just paragraphs of paragraphs of skills. Yeah, like it's not like it's it's all the design are coming out this way. I don't want to paint it that each thing's getting more and more complicated. It's not necessarily the case. No. But lots of, again, Vex has has resets and, and mobility with that, right? Yeah. It's another one of those things. Well, yeah, you can get you can get mobility easily without yeah. making it a fat block of text. Yep. Absolutely. 
Yeah. That I'm actually, yeah, I've already talked about it. I'm a big fan because it's easy to autofill as Vex and have a big impact on the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a, t- a Twitter question here. This one comes from uh, So Swampy. says, do you guys think the scaling AD carry meta is the preferred way to play or is it just cookie cutter comps for comfort while the new teams become cohesive? Uh, yes, <laughs> it is both. I feel like um, very frequently uh, for and for several years now at the beginning of seasons, this uh, this has been kind of a trend where a lot of teams will rely on the more safe, you know, play style. It is very straightforward. We, in, in our tier list of play styles for teams, at the at the beginning step, we've got this: pick two tanks front line, pick a scaling AD carry, pick a scaling AP carry in mid lane, pick a support that's going to buff up your scaling carry. Mm-hmm. Team fight around these objectives. That's step number one. Step number 10 is the Janus Smite top. I don't know what if, where we're going with this stuff. But y'all, here we go. Everybody around the map yeah. um, type of thing. And so step one is always quite nice at the beginning of professional play, you know, coming out of, of preseasons. But also in this particular preseason, I feel like there were more adjustments that also, you know, they, they buffed up a lot of these team fight scaling carries. They buffed tanks, which also buffs that you know, set up for a team uh, composition style. So I think there are multiple things kind of leading into it, in addition to it naturally at the beginning, also allowing for teams that have just been put together a very clear game plan. I also feel like it's more about mid lane than than bot lane being the super heavy scaling meta right now. I uh, think both. I think it's, it's kind of both. Yeah, I mean, super strong for Caitlyn both. is not a late game champ. But I know she becomes Abelio's really nuts. Jinx, right? Abelio's Abelio's Jinx, Jinx, but then Jinx. I don't. What do you call Ezreal? He spikes on two items usually. I mean, he has super long range. Yeah, for, but I don't. For I, I, I agree stuff. with you. It's not yeah. just only that. Yeah, that, that, that's that's my point. There, there are two that are scaling, and they happen to be strong right now. And yeah. Abelio's, you can even argue, isn't even that crazy. Jin is, is really strong too. You call him late game. I mean, all marksmen usually power spike on a couple items. So highest presence for what it's worth for, for bot lane is Caitlyn, but Caitlyn is all bans, yep. basically. And then it's Jinx, then then Aphelios, and yep. then quite a bit below for, for Jin. And then it starts with other things. So like that, that's the thing is that it's like Caitlyn is maybe the most powerful and is more of an early game champ and then kind of well, like falls off super late game. Um, but the two that we're seeing the most in actual games is well, just Aphelios Jinx. Caitlyn actually, and, and traditionally too, has been kind of... Uh, uh, spike early, but then then it she actually comes back up for yeah. super late game with full build. Yeah, because I talked about then, this with Freak recently because he's looking at the numbers, and even on six items, she's still like below fifty percent win rate. So she's not at least data wise considered a super strong champion. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the yeah, three item power spike yeah. like you're talking about. Definitely not compared to like you know Jinx and stuff like yeah. this. So, yeah. but she does benefit from some of these changes that I'm talking about for bottom lane that have made it more safe for for scaling carries because she wants to abuse early so much she wants to perma push the teleport not being able to be used offensively on bottom side means you can't punish the Caitlyn Lux lane with the gank plus teleport top lane play that has been one of these checks and balances that has been in League of Legends for an extremely long time yeah. against the crazy dominant, you know, pushing style bottom lanes, which is just one little thing. 
But again, it's a lot of little things, I think. It, it made a big difference, up. though, you yeah. know, because that gives also safety for some of these enchanters that are really good pairings with Caitlyn that were less popular, like Caitlyn Lux, right? People didn't want to play Lux support because it was it was more dangerous, you know, it, it, from getting ganked and from getting TP'd on and these types of things. And as far as win rates, uh, enchanters have been quite good for a, a long time now. And professionals have have still carried over it and used a lot of engage and playmaking supports. Um because they can effectively utilize those skills. But enchanters were ready to go. Uh, so as soon as you know these changes happened, the enchanters, if you look at you know support win rates, a uh, lot of they're pretty much all up there uh, near the top half. One thing I will say is as far as I, I do think I do think these champions are just super strong as far as the scaling picks. But I also think that there is uh, you know a level of of people are just not comfortable to play some of the picks that at least in solo queue are considered really good. Like Corky is just blinded all the time in pro, right? Yeah. Almost no one plays Akshan into it. But that that's a pick that in solo queue is considered like this absolute blasting of a counter. It's almost 58% win rate against Corky in solo queue, which is absurd, right? You know, this is one of those lanes that is considered almost unplayable, right? People just go flash ignite and just are going at this Corky and there's absolutely no possible way you can trade with him. So it's very difficult. And I've seen similar things done um, sometimes in, in top lane against some of the scaling picks, like Akshan could be a really good pick, but it's risky, right? You have to play aggressive and, and you have to play dangerous to do it. So people are less comfortable to do that because if you get ganked and you die, it can go really bad all of a sudden you're going to get super outscaled. So I understand why teams aren't doing it, but I do hope that some of that stuff will be mixed in, um, you know, as we go f further into into the, the season. You know, same thing with some of the supports, right? Like so many people I think are just defaulting to the engage supports because they aren't wanting to bring tanks elsewhere or engage elsewhere. But I, I totally think you could play like Xerath and Zyra and some of these champions that are, are pretty popular and pretty powerful in solo queue and bring like an Ornn or whatever you're engaged from other roles. Yeah, I think uh, that idea of aggression can come from other lanes too. Like jungle, Talon jungle was played globally a fair amount of times. Hasn't even been hinted at in North America, for example. So depending on what league you're watching, it might not seem as late game focused as you might think it is. Um, and the reason I went back to mid lanes because it's like Victor Corky, LeBlanc and TF are two examples that are not, but then like Vex, Ori, Rai, Syndra, Zoe, it's all pretty standard control mages. There's no assassins in mid lane. There's no one three oneers really in mid lane. TF is is permaban to the point about Caitlyn being an early game yep. champ. That's permaban. Like TF is pretty much permaban. Yeah, forty more early three hundred and three bands. Yep. So. If you want to change the the bot lane meta, make uh, the mid lane strong, uh, more aggressive. That's that's my fix for bot lane. Could be interesting. All right. Well, into some of the lock in stuff. Obviously, huge upset on the weekend. Hundred thieves. We touched on a little bit uh, at the start. They were pretty much everyone's pick to win. It was everyone except two on broadcast picked them to win. And very understandably, because they were the champions, they didn't really make any changes. It felt like the meta suited them really well. And then they got two owed by Dick. Let's go. I was I thought it was really hype because River especially had only gotten two days of practice. I'm pretty sure they said super recently, just got off the plane, just arrived, and smashed it. This man was so aggressive and communicated, or just you know I don't know you know maybe it's just jungle communication, spamming pings, pings at people, yeah. using your F keys to to watch every lane state of every single lane, and 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 act upon these. But his game plan that actually acted out and the coordination between them was like extremely impressive because again they just got together, um, you know all all being here and mm -hmm. and and it's, it's another one of these teams that made so many changes in players. But the coordination 
was super nice to see. Uh, he made a lot of very aggressive plays that are not just, oh, I'm going to gank this lane that has CC and is as volatile, you know, CC setup lane. Again, that's like the step one of, expa Obvious. of expanded brain jungling, right? <laughs> that takes expanded that's brain. That's a peanut. That's, a peanut, <laughs> that's expanded brain is gank the lane that's, with setup. That's the, no, jungler that's point the step of one of, oh. the, of the meme. It's, a peanut. Oh, it's okay. like, it starts as regular oh, I got you. I got and then you. keeps getting more and more expanded. Yeah. The, the extra levels were, you know, attacking the opponent's win uh you know win cons of their compositions super early on going for these invades waiting around to to push them off of waves and i just thought it was it was really nice to see super good surprise from dig this is something that with this organization now having the experience last year of having such unprecedented and unexpected success with the kind of underdog feel I was ready to get behind and be like, whoa, they're doing it again. Go underdogs. Because they literally were last pick in lock-in tournament where the teams choose who they think are the strong teams. Oh, I forgot and about everyone that. And everyone thought Dig was 10th. They never got picked. They got left to the end of the draft. I think, so, a lot of things went right for Dig to win this series. But a lot of that was also their own play. And I'm sure we're going to yep. go to the 100 Thieves side in a little bit. But to give them that credit, yeah. What was so funny is in game one, 100 Thieves warded out the Herald Pit against his J4 in case he did the red, hop the wall, then go do something else. And he, like, this is why I was laughing about the simple brain being like the big brain yeah, was because yeah. all he did was Raptors red mid, which is like the the clinical J4, you just gank mid, then you keep on with your normal clear. And it worked. Abba lost flash, you know, like, he did a lot of really intelligent stuff around vision about hugging walls. There was the mm -hmm. Herald pit one. There was one getting into mid lane brush because the pixel ward wasn't far enough up. He, he actually really impressed me. And like, I think will be a consistent factor combined with Neo being, I think, better than they look. Like, there's a couple things that, like, Blue wasn't terrible. Everyone thought Blue was going to be terrible. He's not terrible. Yeah. And so, like, all these things add up to make Dig, I think, yeah, they they had, like, some things went right to win, but they are also better than a lot of people, myself included, gave credit for. The incorrect pixel brush warding triggers me so hard, by the way, because so many people do it wrong and it and baits mid laners. They're mm -hmm. thinking they have this false sense of security so so often. You have to place it in the very edge of the pixel brush, Front part, closest yeah. to the ramp to be able to see the full entrance uh, to the river. I made, I literally made a video on this and many other ward spots, including also the hugging of the Baron pit wall mm -hmm. of the last year or even the year before when we were in COVID. Uh, Got <laughs> to send it to 100 Thieves. Their warding was terrible. Yeah. Oh, man. Those those pixel brush ones get me every time because it baits your mid laner into thinking they have yeah. you know, the full coverage. And then they're like, where did this guy come from? Yeah. It, 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 it can definitely matter a lot. I, I will say, I think Blue deserves a little bit more credit than just like, he's not that bad. I mean, he was great the, game. The Zoe game was really good. I actually think he, he just legitimately blasted yeah. Abadaga in lane both games. Game one too. Game game one, his scoreline wasn't as good, and he died and stuff. But like, he was up a good 20, 30 CS on on Abadaga and Lane, pressuring pretty heavily. I actually thought he did a really good job. The Zoe game, he was up in farm and had a, had a really strong impact. And who who are we putting as our top mid laner expected mid laner in the league? Probably Abadaga is who most people Jojo. Would point to. Okay, Jojo maybe now. Um, but going into <laughs> it, a lot of people would have been pointing towards Avadaga, right? And I think people are kind of like hand-waving, oh, well, Blue only beat this guy. Well, he died to Ryoma. Like, yeah, wait till he fights the good guys. You know, they played 100 Thieves. He beat Avadaga in lane both games. You can say Avadaga didn't have his best series or, or 100 Thieves made some mistakes. But like, at least Blue was at the level that he could capitalize on these and punish that. So I, I was actually really impressed. I thought he had a great series too. Neo's team fighting was out of control. 
Biofrost looked good, and River was just really fun to watch. I, I liked how, especially I think it was game two, even where things weren't really going well for River, he just kind of like keeps going at him, right? Like I think it was game two where they had that really poor start yep. on, on J4 where they die. Closer's up like 20 CS, he's up a level. And I'm like, well, this game's over, isn't it? Like it's actually just done. It's against Closer's Viego. And instead of just like defaulting back to farming, which I feel so many junglers will do, because you know, when your first gank goes bad, you're like, well, I'm screwed. I can't fight this guy anymore. It's time to farm and just hope I can do something later. He just keeps ganking and keeps going and keeps making it happen. Uh, I was I was really, really impressed by his resilience and and how he played out that second game. Is it time to flip over to the 100 Thieves flame side? Sure. Because yeah. on how they got back in that game, it's Renekton. It's post-level six. It's you, a 4v5 you, at Herald. It's 4v5 at Herald. <laughs> Caitlyn's resetting after the other guy just pushed the wave. And you say, Caitlyn, don't get that wave. Come late to this fight. You have no flashes up because you just killed River in a bot lane fight. Like, literally no one yeah. has flash. There's absolutely no reason to fight this, and they fight it. I don't know what, the, like, at any given point in the game, I'm confused what 100 Thieves is thinking. Game one, Gwen, three items. Gragas, armor stacking, two and a half. Let's A-Ram for five minutes. Uh, I, kept, I, I, I kept bringing up that Herald fight, too, because that especially was... That, that is the game. That is the game yeah. right there. Yep. That is so much lost. Just, like, they, they get all of the kills... And and the herald and push in all the waves all over the map. It was yeah. like counting up the rewards for that were insane. Yeah, and like I think Closer had a good series. He was trading blows back and forth with River the whole time. Made a lot of good plays. Their balling didn't get anything done. Abba had some mistakes, but like when you look at the team play from this team, it is surprisingly bad for the main reason that this is the one team that was cohesive. Yeah. How did the championship team totally forget how to ward and play macro and make team calls? I don't know what happened. My, my, I mean, it's, it's tough, right? I, I don't think that they're just all of a sudden bad out of nowhere. You know, maybe they really just underestimated Dig and just didn't take this one as serious. I'm not sure. I mean, it's, it's hard, it's hard to kind of, you know, just, just write things off. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to say that they're just like a terrible yeah. team and I expect them to fail now. And I got a lot of tweets and stuff like that that are just like, you know, everyone was saying 100 Thieves is is the favorite because they didn't make changes, but every single team got better and they are they are still the same. They suck, you know, like that. I think Dig would have won LCS Summer exactly. if this lineup was there last, last they, summer. They would have gotten out of that group at Worlds easily. <laughs> yeah, they would be EDG as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100 Thieves went 3-3. They would have 2-0 to EDG and gotten out. Um, so I, I think people are going a little bit far in the other direction, but... 100 Thieves, that was a stinker series. Dignitas slapped them, and I'm excited to see if, if they can bring you know that level of performance to to their next matchup. I think that's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah, and definitely difficult. Um, I think Team Liquid are are posing a pretty big threat. Yeah, speaking of, they 2-0'd FlyQuest. I honestly don't have a ton of thoughts on that series. It was kind of like they got out-muscled by the better team. Yeah, who pretty much have better players in most and, positions, and they're they're flexing around all the their their basically extra you know import slot that they're trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. All right, who's really the best? Oh wait, everybody's good. You know we we can move in our pretty fresh uh, top laner as well, and you know switch out Whippo even, and still be able to bring. Uh, Bradley had a good series or a good game. Uh, exactly, yeah. and again. Because I talked to Spawn a lot, the academy head coach, who is going to have very biased point of view, and is yep. going to be like, "Yeah, all my academy players are ready to go." Boo, boo, boo! <laughs> he played like three academy yeah. games and has one win, and Spawn's like, "Yeah, you should be starting." But in the LCS. He was like, "You know what? 
he popped off uh, yesterday in scrims. They might just put him in. And I was like, oh, shit, they did. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, a, it's a really good thing, uh, especially because we've had this long-standing conversation around yeah. the rewards you can get for really investing, believing, and building up uh, younger talent and getting these options. And also, on top of that, being able to surprise some people uh, definitely goes a long way. So even though Team Liquid is dealing with still some very scary issues, you know, will Core JJ get his green card? No, that's a big Already, problem. I still have, you know, a lot of confidence in the organization as a whole. And, you know, no matter what kind of configuration they end up running. I think they will be a good team no matter what configuration they run. Mm -hmm. But I do not think that they will be a great team without, well, without first the place, intended. Yeah, first place, which yeah. is what this team is built for and bought for yeah. and paid for before everybody else even signed their full team. And I think even beyond that, to is, be honest. Is, yeah, is, is, the, is the pinnacle. But again, to the, to the point, you know, feel pretty confident as far as getting, getting to that area. I've, I've been having so much fun watching Bopo, though. I think he's my favorite player in the LCS right now to watch. Jizuke actually had that title, which is why I'm really sad that Jizuke isn't uh, isn't here right now. Um, Want to see them I fight think, each other? Yeah, I just think <laughs> there's some madmen. Like it's Lucian so, versus Lethality Graves. Let's yeah, go! Yeah, it's just so fun. Every, everyone's you know picking Graves top. It's pretty common now, but it's all these you know Shieldbow Bloodthirster builds, and he's just like, what if I just did Eclipse Collector and flashed on anyone who enters my screen anytime? And it turns out <laughs> it works pretty well, and it's just really fun to watch him go at people. Uh, the sign build was kind of crazy. Obviously, he, he brought out his, his Rengar, which is you know a pretty kind of known pick for him uh, that he can slot in here and there. And so I've just had a lot of fun watching him. I think playstyle, he fits TL, I think way better than Alfari did. Um, because Alf Alfari was just, he he's just like the lane god, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, on a team with a lot of carries and a lot of stars who can carry from other lanes, assuming they get their full lineup, you don't need every guy to be the lane god. You need you need a guy who can make plays and move for the team and, and make things happen. And Bupo is definitely going to make things happen. And I think that's why it's just so fun to watch him. Yeah, on the Graves point, like we've watched how many Graves into Gwen now and the Graves end up getting slammed. Yep. And he's like, nah, I'm dirty farming level two behind your turret. Like, come deal with me. He's the only one who seems to be abusing this matchup the way LCK players are as well. And so to that point, yeah, he's not like tunneled on lane, but he still is good in lane as well, which is, uh, I think, a huge benefit for them. Yeah, and he's going to you know keep on upward trend because he's switching back to top lane yeah pretty fresh still the first the first game was the one we played graves we played it against uh clg that was like they had this comp one of those ones that doesn't really have good engage you know viego yeah you could kind of engage there's a thrash but it's probably not going to be the primary engage and i was kind of like well this could maybe go bad you know if it goes late and there's this Yumi he in the q flashes on graves yeah. towards the wall <laughs> blows him up he, he is yeah. the engage he's, he's starting everything so see death is the best cc here <laughs> <laughs> um, that that one was really funny but obviously he's got you know Bergson with a package right yeah, behind him yeah, yeah. and so it's like that's the call, you know? <laughs> and the Jinx Rock to follow up. But yeah. he was just chunking people it's down so at like 20% constantly. So I think I think TL looked quite good. Uh, I think they're still very heavily favored against Dig. But I, I'm really excited to see what level Dig brings. I think TL are, are going to be really serious about this one because seeing that they just absolutely clapped out 100 Thieves, you got to take them um, as a real threat. Yeah, to be fair. 100 Thieves were heavily favored against Dig. Look what happened there. See you in the finals, <laughs> Dignitas. That'd be exciting. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Who's going to predict it? Not me. Freak. Freak. Where's Freak when you need him? Be because there is little to no 
um, you know, punishment for incorrect predictions. He'll always go for the one that can have the most flame afterwards if it's right. <laughs> I think he goes with what he believes. I think I think that's actually. And why fair. does believe he just stop believing hundred thieves after they lost the fly quest? Because he pre-tournament predicted hundred thieves. I mean, to go he, pre he predicted hundred thieves go to the finals. He didn't yeah. have the yeah, yeah, so they lost like in quarters. Totally yep. troll. Yeah, of no, he, he was wrong about that. He's yeah. just, he just doesn't he, talk. I about asked that. like why he flip flop. Was it for just a spicier prediction, or do you think he, he changed? This his mind? one was not a troll prediction. No, he has done. Many troll he definitely like those are the ones that I'm referring to. Yeah. The more extravagant. I just yeah. gotta def defend my fellow. Defend Diglett, your boy. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's not here. Your fellow Diglett. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, we're we're not together, so we're not the exactly. Deck so you're individual Diglett. We're individual Diglets until we're casting. <laughs> Is together. it like a quantum? Like you can feel each other's mo like emotions from yeah. far away. It's like what's the fusion dance? You know, <laughs> yeah, like that, and then we come the duck trio. Um, so. I, I've got a question to pose for you guys. How has Bjergsen been doing so far? Because we're, we're a couple weeks in now. I was pretty negative on him coming into it. Um, I think that has changed a lot. Uh, you know, what's the Bjergsen report card looking like? I think it's pretty good. Um, I would go like B plus. Okay. Is a pretty good report so card. So if he was me. if he was an A or an A, are we putting him at an A plus before? Or was he like an A or what was he before and where is he now? I mean, what do you mean when before? Like when because he retired. Because there are multiple. When he retired. As he retired, I still don't think he was even... He was not at his peak when yep. he retired. At, but is his peak like season four, like one-shotting everyone and solo killing them all? That was like a, that was a skill gap where it's yes. just not going to happen again. Yes. People are better. <laughs> I mean, the, the answer is yes. So that was the S. And I like that. I want to see that again. I guess, right, on I guess you could say, yeah, you know, like the Akali game where, where he really brought it back for TSM um, and he was... That game really did feel like he was 1v5. He's the reason they won in, a lot of games. In, in a lot of situations. So I would uh, even say, like, the summer run, Doublelift wasn't playing that well. Bjergsen and Spika, I felt like, carried a lot of that run in 2021 20, 20, summer. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't doing it with flashy picks. I think I feel he like he's still stretching, maybe. He it's played like, a lot of, like, Zillion and stuff, if I remember, in supportive mids. And it was, like, enabling Spika and Huni's aggressive playstyle, but he was the one doing it. So... I feel like he's still in that vein. Obviously, a little rustier than he was then, but like he's not. He did have a LeBlanc game, but more or less, I feel like he's just trying to play for the team right now and and focused on working out like how they want to play more than him being like. He did call Santorum for that one classic like flash on him at level three, so I have flash advantage ganks. But other than that, I think. Or he's it's just been, born into Santorum as a trundle, and he's like, I know what to do. I know what Bjerg needs right now. He needs a flash on mid. No, I, I feel like he's he's still largely focused on playing for the team in the current meta. I think I'm more positive on him than you guys. I feel like he's crushing it. He he has like an almost 20 KDA, which is which is not like that. That was always his stat. problem, Azale. He, he KDA crush, play. He can crush. He can definitely crush harder. Yeah. So like he is where I expected. Yeah, I think is 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 pretty good. So I thought, but we he were, can for sure crush harder. I thought we were gonna get like a a C Bjergsen or a mm -hmm. D Bjergsen because when when I watch his, his stream of Korea, and it is just solo queue, but it was kind of what I had to go off of was I watched a lot of his games. I thought he was making a lot of mistakes. I was like, well. So Maybe would, would you put him at an A something already? Maybe a B plus or an A minus, but like way above. So where... that's the same. <laughs> okay, okay, but just the way you guys were talking about it, it sounded more like, oh, he's doing okay. He's playing for the team. He's played a lot of different champions, right? He's played Corky, Ori, Victor, Zillion, LeBlanc. I think he's looked actually very good on all of them. I I put him as as the top performing mid laner. I think yeah, yeah, the top performing mid laner in lock in. I would say that. I know everyone's talking about Jojo, but I think that Bjergsen's laning has actually been a lot better than Jojo Pion's. Um, and 
I'm really impressed. I thought he was going to be middle of the pack or maybe even lower end to start the split, right? I mm-hmm. thought he would get back to where he was, where he always is near the top, but I thought it was going to take some time. So I'm really impressed by the work he's put in and, and how he's good he's looked right off the bat because with Abadaga taking a nosedive, Power of Evil and, and Immortals in general looked really crap. I think Bjergsen is the top millionaire right now. And yeah, which I would never have thought I'd be Which, to be fair, that. right now, I feel like is one of the softest roles. It is. But, um, I, but I still thought taking a year off and stuff, you'd be like fifth, sixth, seventh yeah. to start off. I, I think, mate, yeah, you probably had uh, a I was more expect- pessimistic I was more negative. view yeah. of where he probably could be. Uh, it's kind of interesting, though, as far as it just popped into my head now, thinking about the strength of the roles. Like, yeah, mid seems a bit softer. Jungle is jack Yo. right now they are yeah jungle jungle is Can't making the jack doors right with these pipes now. on I I feel like we're, doors. we're overflowing with with jungle chad energy yeah them and 80 carry with how good luger and puma have looked uh like balling looks pretty stacked too neo and biofrost looked yeah. great as well yeah. Like Afro and Johnson. Afro and Johnson. Like, who's not a good bot lane right now? I don't know. How cool is it that we have, like, we can mention Biofrost and Aphromu as some of the, you know, top performing supports making a bunch of plays in 2020. Afro is just standing the test of time. Aphromu never gets old, man. He's so impressive. I, I actually think it's so fun that, that to watch he's him had play some the hard games before, but he, he always comes back. He has. Yeah. But I think he looks really good when he's playing with, you know, young, talented. Marksman. I would say the bot lane that I'm saying, oh, who doesn't look good? Well, nothing looked good on Immortals. <laughs> I think, to be honest, right? I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> but, but to be honest, pretty much everyone else was was doing some stuff. So, yeah, uh, that was really exciting. Uh, another series that was actually, I think, a lot closer than than thought. So, I mean, Dig was the big upset. Then there was a couple stomps mm-hmm. uh, with C9 and, and, or sorry, not uh, TL and uh, FlyQuest. FlyQuest. Um, and then C9 CLG was actually ended up being a pretty darn close series, right? And it's not the full C9 roster, so maybe people are less shocked on that than than you would otherwise be. Um, but, I, but I still felt like most people coming into this were saying, yeah, it's a 2-0 for C9 for sure. And on the analyst desk, me and I think Emily, I forget it was Emily Ras called the 2-1 for, okay. for C9. So Big brains. Big brains, but it, I will say it didn't go how I thought it was. I thought it would just be like, C9 would just lose a game from a draft or they like just straight a terrible play that gets snowballed on. I think there were parts of CLG that were just legitimately winning for them. I, I, I thought Sven and Isles have looked incredible this tournament so far. Sven was popping off during the group stage. And then they just get like double killed in lane a bunch of times. And they're largely losing lane phase this series, it felt like. Um, which I didn't think would consistently happen. And uh, Palafox looked pretty good. Um, kind of outperformed Fudge, I'd say. I, I was going to point that out as a for sure. Yeah. Uh, because before some of the mid-game mistakes came in from clg uh some of the team mistakes he was up 20 cs you know he's he's pounding lanes as as he should be for some of these matchups um and yeah and as he should be because fudge just you know swapped to mm-hmm. to mid lane but I, yeah i thought palafox in addition i know there's so much focus on luger poom because they were outstanding going for 2v2 kills constantly they, level two they're flashing constantly <laughs> yeah um i yeah i've i've all, already and super early, like jumped on the like, woo new faith age CLG yep. train because again, you can't start from lower tenth and tenth in both leagues for this organization last year. It's just cool to to I see. I still have my 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 ticket for my dark horse CLG. Yeah, uh, for getting top five this mm-hmm. this year, I still have it. And they they could have definitely won this series. Absolutely. By the way, um, it was close. Game one, 
not. <laughs> game two, definitely yes. And game three, they could have won game three. Uh, they were they were much closer to winning that one, I think. And Gontrak's had had a good bounce back too, because I think that was. Um, yeah, he had a lot of bloopers, especially in uh, game one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game one was rough, and then I was thinking about the. I think it was CLG versus TL that one that was talking about the lethality graves. Oh. He was, Awful on the Hecarim. Yeah, he like game. went in three v four or something. Well, and there's nice. just hesitating so much. Yeah. There was that one by Rift Herald where he literally just pops his E and he's just strafing back and forth. Not sure if he <laughs> wants to like three times. And Graves is ten percent HP, and then he just doesn't use his alt or go in and just dies. Just gets shotgun down. So he came off a real stinker, and that kind of I think tanked my. But he got back up again. Exactly. Well, and that that's kind of why I was thinking. Well, this is maybe a bit of a done deal. Like that kind of tanked my my faith a bit in CLG because I felt like they came out of the gates pretty hot and locking in the groups, and they had that one that they were kind of ending on. I was like, eh, you know. And then game one, um, and after game one, I thought it was going to be a stomp, but they played really well. Game two, game three, um, and made it quite competitive. And and it is nice to see you know Fudge, Fudge getting pushed. I think overall he still played pretty well in that series, and he has been pretty good in lock in. Uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see at the end of lock-in if we can get an interview with him and get him to rank himself because he said coming into lock-in he thought originally he was bottom three then the week before lock-in he thought he moved up to middle of the pack but he wasn't top yeah. three yet and he said he thought I he agree. would be top three by the end of lock-in so I'll, I'll be interested to see what his evaluation is of his own performance at the end yeah I think Fudge is on a really nice curve but to to tie up on CLG the reason why people are so excited and and should continue to be is because of that simple fact of they they are still willing to just sling fire and play aggressively <laughs> and take you know lower percentage plays when they start losing they lose quick but you see you see the upsides of it so that's kind of what you want from a team that literally including coaching staff was fully blown up and and is the you know academy all stars coming for you next sort of generation next step yeah definitely want to see a little bit more out of jenkins though the the one big problem that series i think was was that darshan took him to task me oh my god on the cast we were feeling so sorry for him that was game the wave frozen that was so brutal he racked up seven deaths quicker than i have seen like 11 minutes or something in a long time and but he was scaling. He kept though. his mental strong. He was scaling. Okay. He also, I was like, wow, you went with the most offensive build, zero offensive stats, zero, I mean, zero Didn't defensive he stats. Yeah, he went to call. He tear cold. Yeah. He tear cold. He's getting killed like six, seven times under tower. <laughs> and he's like, so keep on farming, just keep on farming. <laughs> you know, makes this essence reaver Muramana. And then he had a big barrel chunk towards the later stages. The game was too far gone by then, but yeah. He, he, was, he did actually end up passing Darshan, I think, goal with the cult bob and all that, and the, you know, the bonus goal from the barrels and everything. But yeah, I mean, it's just you lose so much map control. And and Dar Darshan actually had a, had a great just tournament. I felt so good for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, he, and he's, he's also shown good. the big power of tanks right now and playing tanks well. I think they're way underplayed. They're so good. Man, Warmog second is just actually so strong. And I cannot believe more people are not abusing this on, on bruisers and on tanks. I think Warmog second is incredibly strong. Like so many people don't seem to realize you don't need 3000 health anymore. It's 1100 bonus health. Build any item with health plus Warmogs and Warmogs, yeah, Warmogs give on. you 800. So you only need the other. Yep. So one of the issues is that Warmogs on, I think it's way easier for top lane tanks yep. to incorporate. For jungle, it's basically Sejuani. Yeah, uh, because that, you're playing, that feels good. You don't want to do it on the that feels stuff. You know, it, which, by the way, I think Sejuani uh, deserves play. And the only thing keeping her out of play 
is the mid lane meta of all being ranged scalers. Yeah. Once we start to get more melee champs in, I think we're instantly going to see Zach lately too. Sejuani. And Zach seemed okay. And I think like on champions like Zach or Walks Bill. You know what's OP you know. on Zach? Uh, quick solo queue. You should go abuse this now. You thought the Akali chem tank and uh, demonic was OP. Just go Zach. Don't go chem tank though because he's got slingshot. You don't need. Uh, I thought speed. this is what you were talking about. Just yeah, go. I was like, no, huh? it, you, you run up and you slow him and then you hop on him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's like, going go, go yeah. with this? You walk up with your flailing arm. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a couple slaps. <laughs> and then you belly flop on him. Immolate slap. <laughs> that. I, I need a video of that now. But it's, it's, it's ghost chem tank. You just go behind them and ult them back. And then when you knock them back, then you jump on them. This is the these are the clips I want. Instead of these Zeri actual real gameplay running yeah. around Zoom Speed, I need a Zach sped up <laughs> and then belly flop on someone. No, what the real build is is the Sunfire Cape mm -hmm. uh is the highest win rate for him, most damage because you have the long range engage in your kit, no problem. And they changed chem tank. Uh, so the travel time dash is going to mean anything. And that into Demonic, because you can annihilate backlines. Demonic is is the broken part, the health scaling on it that yeah. gives AP and gives so much damage to this uh, type like of champion. Like the old, uh, old um, Landry's builds, when it's, Landry's wasn't a mythic, when yeah. people used to and, tank AP. It's yeah. kind of rare, but this item, for the champs that can use it, I think should for sure be rushed, should be abused. Yeah. is super good for two item power spikes. Final questions for lock-in. Who's in the finals and who's winning? Well, what about EGGG? Oh, EGGG. EG won. <laughs> Agree. That's true, they did. <laughs> hey, good try, so, Golden Gardens Academy. Here's the real but... question, though. What about the interview? We just got to keep up on the, um, did they drop a game or not? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's do you, do you think that they will drop a game? Because Joe, Joe came out and said, he doesn't, he thinks... 100 Thieves was their competition. I don't think they will against Golden Guardians. But will uh, they in the whole tournament? I, I think that they will in finals. Yeah. What about against... They beat... They play I don't C9. care who they're playing. They're playing Dig? C9, but... I'm going to drop one. Not going to... Okay. In finals. Okay. Uh, the the interview was really funny where he was... I mean, he's been talking a lot of smack he's in been general. Shoot, he's just shooting at people. Yeah, he got one with Travis. I don't know if you saw the interview there where he was like, oh, I don't know why people think Bjergsen's good. <laughs> he was just like, I don't know what the hype was about this guy. The best part is that after, you know, he's asking him, oh, what about the tweet where you're talking about Bjergsen? Like, it's the delivery because you can tell he truly is like, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, I said that. It's not a joke. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, uh, you, you know, you get like more serious because you're like, oh, hey, cool. good one, bro. And he's like, like, what? Look at this, look at this flame. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, nice ass. <laughs> That's really I mean, funny. Like, and, and it was like legitimate, too. He's like, no, yeah, I didn't see anything that. And, and then he, you know, he follows up on it. He's like, uh, you know, are you nervous with all with these expectations and people all saying you, you that you're so good, so young? And he's like, no. I am good, so I think that's where it comes from. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I like this style. The only thing I will say is that makes me a little bit worried about ego, um, because I do think if you start if you start liking liking the smell of your own a little bit too much, you know, it's it's like eh, you can kind of some of those players I think can can have a rude awakening when it does go bad. Um, and you know, speaking to some coaches and stuff about, about those kind of players and having having played with some people like that and seen some people like that in other games, uh, it, it can be tough when things go bad. Sometimes those players are unwilling to accept any responsibility. It just becomes external blame, blame, blame. Mm. Um, so I hope that that is not going to be the case with him. Obviously, I have no 
not saying it is, but that does make you a little bit nervous when you start getting a real big head and you're, you're really, really young. It's like, it's, it's fun to trash talk, but to say Bjergsen, there's nothing special about Bjergsen. Bjergsen's done, done nothing. It's like, well, oh, he didn't say that Bjergsen has done nothing. No, I know. But what's, what's so he special about what, him? He's, well, he's won a million championships and a bunch of MVPs and he's probably the best player yeah. ever in the LCS. He, so that's kind of special. He was purely, you know, talking about like his playing game against, him. against him. He didn't see anything. Yeah. In game. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just, just when I hear what's so special about him to me, that immediately is like, all right, kid, let me sit you down. You know, like I and, and I, like and his point is like I don't care about history. I f I feel like uh, yeah. So, yeah. but I I definitely agree. It just gives me those alarms of like uh -huh. how's is it going to go? Wait for him and how's it, it going to go? to blow up. has got his he's got his eyes on you, kid. Um, I, when it goes bad, does it go real bad? Is my is my flag? Uh huh. I would first guess that it's that it's not going to uh, would be my assumption, but. It also makes for great content and yep. controversy. So either way, you know, uh, I'm there for it. Also, will he keep up the trash talk when, if, if it eventually blows up in his face? Because uh, some people do really come out and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to trash talk. I'm going to do this stuff. And then it goes bad and they get hard flamed. And then they're like, well, I'm never doing that again, you know? Because um, so, you got to be able to take it. If, yeah. if you can dish it, like I think Fudge, it's hilarious. Fudge could take it. Fudge, Fudge came out firing. He, then never he back took, down. It, took his licks and time. he got better and he get, you get to trash talk again. I mean, yeah. the thing is, EG has are fun as an entire team seem to be on board with this thing it can be weird sometimes if like one, one person's <laughs> talking talking smack but like impacts being funny inspired memeing i mean the whole the whole league right now is popping off did you, you know see what? the thing between Spika and luger yeah that was hilarious that yeah. was for people who yeah. didn't, didn't see this tweet the context was a screenshot that core jj shared saying can't wait for the lcs to start and it's luger in solo queue being like Apparently, my Lee Sin has no brain, and they're on alt account, so he didn't know it was Speaker. Apparently, I think it's his main account. It's just it's just named Astro Boy. Oh, he yeah. streams yeah, on yeah. Astro Boy ninety nine. He streams on it. Everybody else knew that it knows but that it's Speaker. Apparently, Luger did not. Luger yeah. didn't, and it was just general solo queue. You know, <laughs> draft engine, man. and it's so funny because Core JJ is the reporter <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> tweeting it out to everyone, and and being like, look. This CLG TSM rivalry is back and I'm ready for it. I was like, yes, buy me some tickets. I'm ready. You know, we got the rebuilt new wage for CLG. Try and fire yep. that sucker back up. And we'll have the tweet in the description. Uh, Elias <laughs> just said. So it, it's it's it was really funny though. I mean, the, the, basically the, the screenshot is, yeah, Lisa has no brain. And then and then he speaks his response, can't wait to play you in LCS, gonna absolutely shit on you or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's just like so funny. And then uh, I think it was Luger responded to the tweet from Corey J and said, like, oh, actually didn't know who this was or <laughs> yeah. didn't realize he's a pro or whatever. So I think that stuff is, is really fun. Whether or not he was playing it up and didn't know who he was and was kind of just making fun of him or not, I think it's hilarious. And yeah. I love that kind of trash talk. I, there's there's a lot of young players that are are kind of putting it up there. Speaker does it too. And I think it's it's fun yeah i think we have a lot of a lot of stories and charisma in the teams and players for this mm -hmm. year um i'm getting honestly and you're talking about uh evil geniuses joking around some of the them really getting outside their comfort zones and getting embracing the social media uh, getting some like old cloud nine vibes from Definitely. them with which is something that's hard to actually create because you do, I think, especially just at the beginning, need to have that success of winning, 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 which 
allows you to have this more relaxed, swagger. comfortable swagger, joking around. Scheduling and then, tweets, Vulcan. Exactly. And then <laughs> that was hilarious. when you start losing or if you lose or something, you, you can keep that and you can still have that confidence. So I think it's very hard to create because that pressurized, like building confidence period of just like so much success and then like having fun and winning with, with, with your homies on stage and stuff like that, that I think that can can leave a long lasting effect. Um, Absolutely. And I know even Danny, who is uh, like pretty shy and and didn't you know get too much out there, is 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 also He's embracing it, it too. So I'm definitely excited to see where where it goes. All right, predictions. We got Dig TL on Friday the 28th. Saturday we got EGC9. Who do you guys have? Uh, EG over C9, probably yep. like 3-1. I think they'll drop a game here. I think they'll drop one. Uh, TL over Dig. And then... But will it be a sweep? Will Dig get a game? I think it's a 3-0. 3-0? I think it's a 3-0. Okay. I don't know what to say for, for no, EGTL. I, since I... I'll say TL. 3-2 <laughs> over Di uh, EG. You got TL winning finals? In the finals, yeah, sure. Okay. I'm going to go... Uh, the tactic that I pinned on Freak earlier, mm -hmm. and since I already said Cloud Nine is going to lose or uh, Evil Geniuses are going to lose their first game to Dig in the finals, Mark, you're sticking not with it. Cloud Nine. You're sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Dig's beating TL. Yeah. Damn. I think it's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I I, th <laughs> I think I think Dig will take a game for sure. I don't think they'll get swept. I think they actually looked really strong. I don't. I, I can't believe that they're going to win. Actually, I, even though I'm like I'm going Episode's to take Episode's over. It's too late. I'm gonna take this inflammatory stance. I don't believe that they're gonna win. Uh, I'll still put you know I'll still put my vote up there. I'm a coward. Let me tuck my tail between my legs a little bit. TL won't win if they swap their rosters a bunch of times and they're just still messing around. I think if they run what I think is their best roster with Ayla. Hans, yep, and Bwipo, I think then they can actually win. I think EG win win it all, no matter um, what, for sure. Yep, I, th I think they they are looking really really good. Yeah, I had them as after a beating with, Dig in the finals, right? Yeah, exactly. After dropping after, it, after yeah, oh well, Dig will lose to TL, but then also still play in the finals. So Kobe's prediction could be correct. TL will have to swap their roster so many times. It's just no, like they, they don't qualify. No one shows no, my, up on Sunday. <laughs> They're like, wait, who is playing? I thought it the whole thing. No, uh, versus TL. They don't have to lose to Yeah, TL. but yeah. you just said that you didn't agree with that. I said I don't believe it, but it's still my prediction. <laughs> okay. All right. It's like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Is it going to rain today? No, but I'm bringing an umbrella. Yes. All right, perfect. Exactly. Well, now on that note, that'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of The Dive when we return. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm. Submit your questions on Anchor.fm, League or otherwise. We love hearing from you guys on Twitter, the YouTube comments, everywhere. Uh, always appreciate everyone sending in the questions each week. LCS Locking concludes this weekend with our semifinal best of fives Friday and Saturday. Then our finals is going to be Sunday where the winner walks home $150,000 richer and second place gets a nice pat on the back. We'll see you at 2.30 p.m. on Friday. Liquid versus Dingus House Quantum. Oh, no pat on the back. You know, COVID and all that stuff. So. True. You don't even get that. <laughs> <laughs>